This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Did you open the door, please? How about we talk about that other thing? You know, transmission Abdul picked up on his little radio? The French chick that said they're all dead. Let's tell the others when we get back. No one's going to tell them anything. If we tell them what we know, we take away their hope. So we lie. I found fresh water up in the valley. I'll take a group in at first light. If you don't want to go, then find another way to contribute because every man for himself is not going to work. Uh, excuse me. Have you, uh, have you seen my boy? I am going off away to a hunt. And uh, I was wondering if, if you could uh, keep an eye on my boy until I come back. You're cool with this, right? Oh, there. We have made it back to the island. It has been a while. We know. It's okay. We had to do some traveling around, but we finally made it back. This is episode number five, previously on Lost. Tonight, we're going to be looking at House of the Rising Sun. Double meaning there? Pain, maybe? Could be? We'll find out. I'm Mike. I love this show. I love being able to talk about this episode. It's a great episode. But you know what? I can't do this alone. And if I did, you would probably turn the recording off here in about five seconds. But it's not me. And unfortunately, Bill is not with us tonight. But don't worry, we got a guest host. We went to the cream of the crop to get you the best possible fill-in host. Tonight, we have Joe. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? It's great to be here. And, uh, you know, I don't know if many people know this, but Lost is one of my favorite shows of all time. And I'm so psyched for this show to be on RetroZap. It's been a long time coming. And uh, I can't wait to talk about this episode. And I can't wait to... Talk about as many episodes of Lost as possible that I can make it on the show for. Well, I'm glad you're here. I'm I I I knew you were a fan of Lost, and that that excites me. Um, oh, yeah. I'm also excited about the possibility. You know, we brought this up in the first episode of maybe at the 10 year reunion next year, uh, an announcement about a Lost sequel kind of a thing going on. I I could dig it. I get behind it. I could I could really it. dig that. Um, 
because you know something i i actually have i've only watched the finale once there was a lot of tears involved and a lot of uh a lot of whiskey and i've never gone back to watch that that finale again and i just feel a little bit empty with how that show ended and really yeah a little bit not to say that it wasn't amazing not to say i didn't love it but I just always felt like there was more there was there was more to do. And we you know, I can go back to that island. I can I, I'm I'm ready for it. I'm ready for All it. Right. Yeah. So Well that's what we do here. We go back to the island to take a look at some of the uh some of the great episodes of the show and yeah. what a one show in a way defined a modern era of television. No show before it and no show after it has been able to replicate and copy what this show did. And uh, so we're looking forward to, to talking about tonight's episode. Um, so we're just going to go ahead and dig right in. All right. So a little bit about this episode. We're talking about House of the Rising Sun. This was episode number six. It was aired on October the 27th of 2004. It was directed by Michael Zinberg. It was written by Jeffrey Leiber, Damon Lindelof, J.J. Abrams, Javier Grillo. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name because I don't <laughs> want to butcher it on the podcast. It's like Mar um, Mar Marswatch, huh? Mar Mar Marswatch, Mars Marswatch, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's it. Uh, uh, the summary of this episode is: Jin tries to beat up Michael. For no reason at all. <laughs> Jack wants to move the survivors over to the caves, although some people disagree. Sun reveals to Michael that she can speak English. Man, the uh, the drama in this episode is like the classic lost drama that everyone will go back to years after this, uh, this season. Be like, remember when it was all just about like the beach and the caves? You know what I mean? It's so funny. Like simple, simple drama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like simple mysteries, simple drama, um, real fundamental stuff going on in this episode that really defines the the tone of the show moving forward. I think um, there's a lot more here than just the first sun flashback. Um, there's so much going on at the island as well. And it's, it's a great deep character development at this point also i didn't realize that jj abrams had a writing credit for this episode um yeah that's yep. really interesting i wonder i wonder how much he was actually he actually lent to this episode and because this is right around the time when he started to pull back as well um you know jj abrams famously credited credited with creating the show but um not necessarily being the the day-to-day -day showrunners um so, so that's really interesting that you, you see his name pop up every once in a while in the series. You know, like, what's going on there? Um, and he's setting some seeds up in this show for for definitely future episodes and the future of this season as well. 100%. Uh, you know, like is the is the crack, the first crack in the relationship between Kate and Jack you see in this episode. Mm -hmm. And you see the kind of relationship start to form between Sawyer and Kate in this episode. Um it's it's interesting it really is um that he kind of jumps in when when he knows that something kind of needs to be pushed not to mention the big mythology right adam and eve right First which introduced. that will be a, you know we're no spoiler or anything but you know don't worry we'll we'll, we'll get answers to that later on do we not do we uh, yeah should we should we talk about it can we talk about it yet or should we? No. Okay. It'll we won't be a while. talk about it. All right. All right. All right. Um, be a while. Be a while. Just in case this is your first time watching Lost, uh, we won't spoil for you right. 
the whole deal with Adam and Eve, but know that this is one of those lost mysteries that does have an answer. Out of the very vast amount that does not get answered. So if you're coming to the show thinking that all the answers and the questions they put up in here, you're going to get answers for. Um, we want you to still listen to us, but you can stop watching the show, but you can still listen to us every week. <laughs> um, but <laughs> but you're not going to get your answers for everything, which yeah. is which is what made the show great was that you don't get all the answers. Mike, I, I got to ask you, all right, notwithstanding where we are in the series right now, wh- what is the biggest mystery that you would like to see answered that never got answered because i have one very specific one from season one um and it's the hurley bird i always wanted to know what the deal was with that one it's so weird it was just a random weird thing that happened in the season finale of season one or close to it and uh it just never came back to it not at all it was like like just a random thing that's thrown in there like I think that bird said Hurley. Who knows? <laughs> it's just like a drop. There's a, there's a there's a lot of people who that is one of the big things. Oh um, yeah, yeah, like big things that that they want to know. So that's just that's, hilarious. that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it, 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 you could just tell they were throwing everything at the wall, and that was one of the things that did not stick. They're like, yeah, we don't need, we actually don't need that for the story. But you just gonna wonder, like, in the alternate universe where the Hurley bird became like a mad major part of the lost canon. And there was like 20 stories about it that happened. Um, and you know, the, the ARGs happened in, in the summer and it all revolved around the Hurley bird beginning there. You know, I, I'm just, I'm just wondering what tangent that could have gone on to. Yeah, there, there's, there's a few, there's a couple of questions that I've always, I've always had about this, about this show i really i really i feel like if i say that it will give something away okay all right we'll see. I, I i know there's a there, there there are a couple uh of things um that are coming up one is about mother uh so so well mother's not till the, almost the final season of the show yeah that's like one um, of the last episodes <laughs> right you know so that was that was that was one and then about another character we haven't seen yet we won't see till season two all right, we'll put these so, in our put these but, in your back but, pocket. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But about House of the Rising Sun. Okay. Just a couple of episode facts. Male drone bees were used in the bee scene <laughs> since they don't have stingers, and therefore they cannot harm the actor Dominic Monaghan. That's pretty amazing. Yes. Uh, the rocks used in the waterfall cave set were made of rubber, so that the sound of the actors and crew members walking over them are not picked up on the camera. I knew that at one point, um, and I think there's like a scene of like I think I saw behind the scenes of them picking one of them up, and it's like light as a feather or something. It's ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. This episode has both the lowest number of guest stars, which is none, and the lowest number of co-stars, which is uh, one for any episode of the entire series. Um, the identity of the individuals in a cave, Adam and Eve, were later revealed at the end of the series in Across the Sea. Archive footage of this episode is used in that episode during the reveal of the body's identities. Big stuff. Um, this is the first episode to not feature every regular cast member. Do you know which one is it? Is it on there? Who? Emily DeRaven. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's the only cast member who's not in this uh, episode, which is really weird. Ad- 
as well as the next next couple episodes too. There's there's yeah. there's some ones where she just does not show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And has she disappeared yet? Mm, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm spoiling spoil uh, the heck out of it. This is also the first care. episode in where, in a flashback, the central character in this episode, Sun, interacts with another main character, Jen, who is not the central character. You know, I feel like that's an interesting stat because, uh, you know, l- later that's going to be a bigger thing. You know, you, you'll see people show up. But... In here, it makes perfect sense because they're married, right? Like, of course, they right. would show up in their flashbacks. Um, but you know, you see, like, uh, you see other people like showing up in flashbacks, and you're like, "Oh, that's interesting connections." Um, yeah, so more of that to come. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and this episode is also rated PG. No, not PG. Uh, TV 14. Yeah, weird. TV 14 V. And I found out me and Bill were kind of uh, wondering the other um, the other week when we were recording, what does the N letter mean? And I kind of looked, had to look it up. And that means it's violence. rated 14 for violence. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I didn't realize that. Yeah. Cause, as uh, far as what those last letters mean. Yeah. You got a you got, you got gin <laughs> going to have a boxing <laughs> match against Michael, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the rumble in the sand. <laughs> All right. So, let's let's uh dig right in then to this episode. All right. All right. So this so the episode opens up with a close up of Sun's eye. She seems to be gardening while Jin is fumbling with a fish in the surf. <laughs> I mean, it's it's perfect, you know. Um and- Oh yeah. The eye part, too, just opening up the episode with the eye is just so classic lost. I mean, it's just it's a it's a trope. The season this series will come back to over and over again. And, um, you know, it's funny how where the character of Jin is at this point, a total villain, just like a, a jerk. You don't want to be around and just everyone. Everyone hates him. And uh, he doesn't, you know, he does progress. He does have an arc uh, to his character. I don't want to say anything more than that, but um, just looking at him here, coming back to Jin in this place, and it's like, man, I forgot how how rough it was for him at first. Right, and to see and to see both their character arcs throughout this whole series. Um, oh yeah, is in, they, they have they have probably. I would say they have some of the best character development throughout the entire series out of any of the other cast members. Oh yeah. They have huge character. They, they go far, you know, they, 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 their characters go very, very far in their, uh, entire development, uh, specifically because they, they, they live for quite a long time. You're going to see them quite a bit throughout the series. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. So they, they have, um, there's a lot to do with these characters. So, it's uh yeah definitely um so yeah you know coming back to Jin just being like just an angry dude and you know, loving the rocks and it's like man you know thinking of, you know everything you know what Daniel Day Kim since then you know he's kind of like a kind of happy go lucky smiley type of guy you don't really yeah. um <laughs> you don't really look at this character and it's just it was a little jarring to come come back to this character being this you know kind of sullen angry dude. See, I I remember him after this. The biggest thing I saw him after this was uh, me and my family. We started watching Hawaii Five O mm-hmm. when he was a part of it. The new Hawaii Five O, yeah, yeah. And um, 
and and he's just got this happy-go-lucky, like you said, attitude to him. Yeah. It's nothing like Lost. No, not at all. Yeah, so it's, it's totally... Uh, so she looks at Jen, and then she looks over at um, uh, Jack and Kate, who they're having some playful banter. Um, Kate's asking Jack about all his tattoos. They don't seem <laughs> to fit his spinal surgeon profile, and she pretty much says, you're one of those hardcore spinal surgeons, huh? And uh, they're just, you know... Flirt, you know, playful, flirtatious banter, and Charlie calls him out on it, and he says, "We need to get going." The party's heading up to get the drinking water that Jack found last week, and you can definitely tell Charlie's annoyed more than usual. Now, we as the viewers, we know why he's starting to get annoyed. Yeah. Um, but the lost characters don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know he's he's suffering because he's only got a limited amount of heroin left. He got that monkey on his back. Um, right. And he yeah, is getting a little, little antsy. You know, it's funny. You, you, the, the, the hardcore spinal surgeon just reminds me of the, uh, it's almost like a preview of what's, what you're going to see Jack look like in season three. Um, notwithstanding the, the tattoo episode, which is considered one of the worst, worst episodes of the entire series. Um, I've heard that and I, I, I can, I can somewhat agree. I don't, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to get through. I don't know if it's, I, I don't know if it's the worst one ever, but now my it, favorite episode is season three, episode 10 episode. 10. So I've already so got that, it marked when we get to that one. <laughs> is that Nikki and Paolo? So is that, is that Nikki and Paolo right there? No, it's not Nikki and Paolo. That's, um, that's, 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 that's Hurley and, and a van. Oh yeah, yeah. The road, road to Shambhala. Yeah, there but we, we don't go. want to spoil it. We don't want to spoil it yet. Okay, okay. I'm telling you, man. I, I, I you know, talking about this, it's hard. this show, it's, I, it's, I, it's, it's hard. I can, you know, uh, I'm, I'm jumping right back in. Yeah, like seriously, if you look up like Jay Tavano in the Lostpedia like forums, you'll probably find like my insane rantings from you know the early 2000s um, about this show. Oh Oh yeah, it was it was one of the first like online communities I really jumped into, and it it, it was for me too. Yeah. It, it really was. I it's really hard though to talk about the show knowing what happens when everybody else maybe who come along who does, who's never seen the show before because we're trying not to spoil things and it's hard because we know the answers we want to tell tell the answers but we we can't. I know it's hard. It's hard. Um, yeah, we, but yeah, like you said, Charlie's got that monkey on his back and, and <laughs> it's, it, it's bothering him and you could tell. Oh yeah. Um, and, and the back to son who's just watching this probably one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen in the show was, was Jen just bludgeoning a large fish to death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it gets, it gets to his violent side, but it also is just like uh, hilarious. The frustration that, that he's going through. Cause you're not supposed to like him. At this point, so no, just no. seeing him, you know, just so frustrated and, you know, but Sun, Sun doesn't, she's not happy about this. This isn't like, this isn't a funny, funny scene. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like funny from, a, from our vantage point. It, it, it is. And it, this episode does a really good job at making you feel, um, sympathy for Jen in the flashbacks. Yes. And mm-hmm. then going back to the island where you have utmost hate and, and just irritation with this guy, which, yeah, you, which brings us to our first flashback. Yeah. You see, so, like y- y- you see with Jin in the flashbacks, why Sun loved him in the first place. 
You know what I mean? It's not right. just, um, you know, it, it, it's not that he's a terrible person. Um, you know, you get, you get, you get some real depth going on with the, with the character development here. Um, you know, in the flashback and in the, the, the island scenes. And, and you, and cause in the first, you know, five episodes before you get to this one, you're keep, you keep thinking, why is son with him? Why, yeah. why is she staying with him? Why does she just not leave him? Mm-hmm. You know, and you're, you're going to get that here. And, and, and if just a few minutes, and so after this part, we go back to the first flashback. We see the early days of Sun and Jin's relationship. She is a wealthy socialite. Oh, she's and more he's than just that. a waiter. Um, I mean, she comes from one of the most powerful families. I mean, in, in the Lost Universe, she comes from one of the most powerful families on the planet. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Paik family, you know, Paik Heavy Industries you get a lot more into what their um what their involvement was in kind of the the worldwide conspiracies about the island later on in the alternate reality games that came out in between the seasons and if you guys are not aware of those worth checking out on places like lostpedia and uh other other sites to kind of Absolutely. learn some of those random stories that were kind of created as filler material but really expanded on the larger um the larger mythology beyond what was happening you know off the island with like widmore and um you know the pakes and and you know the the hanzo foundation and um and other things as well so check them out uh i strongly strongly recommend checking out how those how those games uh proceeded it's definitely, like a, it's, definitely. It's like a second and I, I, I'll second that. Please, please check those out. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the first shows to really kind of um, take a take a show that's currently playing and really kind of give you filler material. Uh, Walking Dead did did this for a, a few bit. seasons where they had those um, those little those little uh, webisodes. Um, and you know, uh, Marvel Guardians, not Guardians. Um, uh, Agents of Shield kind of did this too with their one shots in the off seasons as well. Yeah, but, the, but those for are, a while, those are little webisodes and episodes. This was a game. This was something. Right. That, this was interactive, and that was revolutionary. And that was the thing about Lost. Like watching the show was interactive. You weren't just watching it. You were thinking about it. You were theorizing about it. And then these games come along in the off season. And you're you're literally like solving puzzles and trying to discover things on random, you know, websites and making phone calls and like, you know, deciphering things in the real world. I mean, I literally remember there were these um, there were these um jigsaw puzzles that came out, lost jigsaw puzzle, and there were like four or five of them, and they would just put out like regular, regular old you know merchandise for Lost, which was everywhere at the time. And no one told anyone that there was like a secret on the back for like season five. And if you had bought all five of them and assembled them, or if you collaborated with people in like a community online and you started putting together like a symbol on the back of each of these um, jigsaw puzzles, you got a reveal. And it was like this whole like mystery that was completely not connected to the show, but it was at the same time. And it, it it just deepened your relationship with the show and deepened your, 
your, your um, involvement with the entire mythology. And I think more shows need to do that to really pull people in. It, it was just such, so unique and, and so fun. My rant is over. All right. So, you know, we, um, we go into the, the flashback still and we see that, you know, he's just a waiter employed by her powerful father. They <laughs> want to get married, but they disagree how. She wants to run away and elope, but he seeks the approval of her father. But she thinks her father will never agree to such an arrangement. Um, and, and, and I respect him to the point that he wants to get his get her father's approval. Yeah, this is this is good. I mean, it's it's very traditional. It's honorable. Um, you learn a lot from from Jin just on his choices right there. You know, he definitely prides himself on. Um, you know, pride and honor. And also you have to understand too. He understands that Sun's family is very powerful. So I don't know if they would be able to, I mean, they would have been living in disgrace if she, she was running away with him. You know what I mean? Like he, right. He needed to get that approval. Cause this guy is like one of the most famous and richest people in all of Korea. If not the world. And- and that's and and that's I mean and where can they really go that they can get away from him? No, they can't for real. Um, yeah, except only one place in the world, <laughs> and they found that's it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, so then we get a flashback, and this is kind of the first we we kind of see the we knew there was some animosity coming, mm-hmm. and um and and this is where. It, it happens. So Jen attacks Michael right in front of Walt. Michael's just talking with Walt. <clears throat> and it looks like he's about to kill Michael. Yeah. Just beat the daylights out of him. And then it just cuts to the lost opening. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and it came out of nowhere. I was not expecting right. this. You know, like, wh- okay. So what is happening? Like you, you, you're already pulled in so much like w- with this entire opening that you know something needs to have you know you got to get answers to this stuff the mysteries are already starting with this episode who is this person what are we going to learn uh i can't wait to figure out why this guy just got attacked you know and then go lost yep yeah and and the very next scene you get is Said and sawyer running to break up the fight i love because that, that run Waltz, is like hot. i love them working together yeah totally um, you just see them like totally come together without thinking these are two men of action and like, man, I, they haul across that sand too. They, they run, you know what I mean? Like that's full top speed running towards the, uh, right. towards the fight. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they grab him and they're still wrestling him mm-hmm. and, um, they finally, and you can see he's trying to really break their restraints on him. And they finally get him shackled and they handcuff him to into with the with the marshal's handcuffs. They handcuff him to a piece of the plane. Yeah. And then Saeed, I love how he looks at Sun and asks her what happened. Because mm-hmm. he still ain't buying the fact that she doesn't understand. Yes. He you know, Saeed is a very um very perceptive. I, I really liked Saeed throughout this entire right. series. He kind of is well, always, it ha- he's kind of always right. It has a lot to do with his backstory, though, and yeah. we'll learn about his backstory here in a couple episodes. But it has a lot to do with his backstory that he's able to pick up on on some things. Said is kind of like always right for the majority of this entire series. That's always been my kind of guiding light 
and it didn't t- it it took me until later in the series to realize it but like man yeah Saeed is like a good lodestar of like you know paying attention to the way things are going oh yeah yeah um so jack kate charlie and Locke. Uh, the scene shifts to the jungle where they're on the trek for water. They get to the cave and start searching. Jack tells Kate he found it by luck, but we know his quote-unquote father led him there oh, in the yeah. previous episode. Creepy. We, <laughs> so we're, that's why fathers, in, in quotes, we'll, we'll we'll talk about that here after um, in a few episodes as well. Yeah. Uh, on the edge, on, on edge, Charlie ducks out to definitely take some heroin, mm-hmm. but he steps on a beehive. As you do. Yep. Um, and yeah. Locke definitely knew something was up with Charlie from the get-go. He could tell. He could sense that some, something was not, not right with this guy. And it's almost as if he could he he could tell, yeah, he's he, he's got something going on with him. So he kind of follows him a little bit. Yeah. I mean, this is just like Locke the wise man at this point. Um, you know, so, you know, the enlightened man who seems more perceptive than he possibly could be and what's up with Locke? you know what i mean like that's like it, it all feeds into this whole wisdom that he seems to possess at this point in the series um you know and i i, I like lock like this i really do i i love um the portrayal of lock in in you know with charlie and in this time when he's trying to like kind of save save charlie and enlighten him and you know, Locke feels like he got it all figured out at this point. He feels really, feels really good after um, what's happened to him. So I don't know. I really, oh, yeah. I really dig it. And uh, there are there are times I don't dig what you know how Locke is uh, progressing. I feel I don't know. I want I want to talk about Locke later on in the series. Yeah, he he's a very interesting character throughout the series. Yeah, um, he he's 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 one of my favorites for sure. Oh yeah, um, yeah. his his character development hits a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Yeah, it's all over in the place. series, all especially place. in season two. He struggles a lot in season two, but we'll get that when we get to season two okay uh you know and he when you make your own kind of music quote unquote um <laughs> so Said. It seems just back to the beach, and Saeed begins to question Michael about why Jin attacked him. And Michael thinks it's just racism. Mm-hmm. He says, it's just, you know, we know, he says, where I come from, black people and Koreans, we don't get along. And Walt is sitting there, and we'll get this in just a, in just a little bit too, but Walt's in here just listening to this. Yeah. And this is going to come back to bite Michael here in a little bit. But Sun is pointing to her wrist. But Sawyer thinks she's asking for Jen shackles to be taken off. <laughs> and he says, that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then he gives a look of curiosity as it transitions to a flashback. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I always found it a little jarring that um, Michael was so quick to invoke racism into this island setting where there didn't seem to be any, and there were people of many different nationalities and places in the world at this point. Right. People seem to kind of put that past them. Um, but that's Michael for you. Uh, a, a little bit, I think Michael is, um, you know, throughout the series, always feeling personally attacked when that may not necessarily always be the case. Um, however, too, Michael's, you know, Michael's from the streets and, uh, you know, his experiences are not to be, discounted as either so um it's an interesting scene between walt and michael when he tries to explain to him 
um, what he's been through compared to what Walt's been through, who definitely grew up a little, little differently than Michael. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, Michael is one of those characters in the show that kind of really always irritated me. I don't know why. Oh, you're um, not alone. <laughs> he, he, he just, he, he just irritated me because it, you, it, like you said, it kind of always felt like he was, he was being personally attacked and he wasn't. Yeah. But he always felt like it was a personal attack on him. I always wanted Michael to strive. I wanted him to achieve a little bit more. You know what I mean? Michael's one of those right. guys you, you're rooting for. You really wish he would achieve a little bit more. Um, right. He, and he never you, gets there. And when you see him later on in the series, you kind of see um, a really selfishness take hold of him. I don't want to give anything away, but you kind of really see selfishness take hold. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent in his um, life. So, yeah. Um, but so we go back to a flashback. It starts up with a close up on Sun's wrist with a very expensive looking gold watch. Mm-hmm. Jen has just received permission to marry Sun, <laughs> but he has to work for her father. A year. It's only a year of management training and a year of work in the factory. Doesn't sound too hard. No. No, not at all. If <laughs> uh, <laughs> we go back to the present. Uh, back at the bee emergency, Jack attempts to seal off the hive with a suitcase, but Charlie startles them and they swarm. They run back to the cave for shelter, and Kate discovers a mummified corpse. My thought is, number one, dang it, Charlie. <laughs> and then my second thing is, I wonder who the corpse is. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, here. It, be, it begins, right? This is it. Oh yeah, and uh, and I don't know. I can't remember if it was. I can't remember now if it was Charlie or Locke. No, it was it was Jack. I'm sorry, Jack said it. So Kate, Kate's like, man, I really wonder where they came from and and what are they doing? How'd they get here? And Jack looked at him and said, "Didn't you guys shoot a polar bear last <laughs> week? Where did that come from?" I mean, that's perfect. You know, um, oh, yeah. it, it's it, it's just it, it that that's like the that's J.J. Abrams' dialogue right there. Like if if J.J. Abrams right. has a writing credit, I feel like. I could believe it coming from from him, you know. It's a, it's a, it's that sort of like in your face type of uh, humor that's really funny. Um, and so Star Wars too. I mean, just thinking of where Abrams wound up, um, it, it it's that sort of like flip type of humor that that just carries right through. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Jack, so as they're expecting the corpse, Jack pulls a bag from the corpse. And has a white and, pe- and black pebble in it. Hmm. hmm. So we have the the we had the mention of the the white side uh, pieces on the backgammon and the black pieces by Locke. Yep. Now we have a white and black pebble that's pulled from a corpse. In case you guys aren't picking up on something, there is a there's a there's a pattern emerging here. Yeah. Go back to you know something. Uh- many times throughout the series, I went back to that scene with. Locke explaining the game of backgammon to Walt, you know, two sides, one in light, one is black. Um, it's just really, really interesting um, how that scene can be interpreted and reinterpreted um, across, you know, tens, dozens of episodes, and it feels different every single time. So be sure to go back to that scene as if you're watching this for the first time and keep on keep on looking at it again and again. Um, cause it'll definitely be something to keep on thinking about. Absolutely. And, and we already mentioned too, Joe, that 
that when you find something out here later on in the series, um, some things that happened back in the first few episodes of season one. Oh yeah. Is, is becomes a lot more clear than it was originally. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, y'all keep, keep that in mind. So Charlie walks back in the cave and he just starts talking pervertedly to Kate because Kate's not wearing a shirt anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, was Donick Monaghan and, um, um, oh, what's her name? <laughs> Were they Evangeline dating? Lily? Evangeline Lily, my bad. Was, uh, was Dominic Monaghan and Evangeline Lily, uh, dating at this point? Because I know they started dating somewhere in season one, uh, for a couple of years, actually. So uh, I always wonder about that sort of thing when when they kind of have like these flirtatious moments. Yeah, I'm not. I really don't know to be honest. Mm. I know they dated for a little bit, but they 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 didn't date long. Oh, you know, I, I thought it was for a couple of years. No, who am I thinking of? Hmm. I'm I'm not I'm not sure. I'm really not. Um, they 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 could have been dating now at this time. Um. But I'm not sure. Yeah, there's some like uh, there are a couple of scenes with uh, the two characters where it just feels like there's some really strong chemistry between the 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 uh, the actors, and I always wonder about that, um, knowing that they did have a relationship at this point, at some point. Okay, so I I, I was wrong. It wasn't. Um, yes, they were dating at this time. They dated for about they dated for five years. Wow. Yeah. See. So yeah, I, I, I was wrong. You were right. I was wrong. I was. I don't know who I was thinking of. Who knows? But, uh, so Sun. Then we go back to the beach, and Sun is attempting to help Jen, but he's just complaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah, complaining. He's, he's lost it. And and then we get a flashback. Um, Sun comes home, and she finds a puppy in a present box. Yay! Jen <laughs> bought it because he's been working a lot at night and thought she could use the company. Mm-hmm. But Sun misses the old Jin, who didn't try to impress her with things and money. So we can already start to see that now we don't know how much time has elapsed between the permission to get married in this scene in the flashbacks. We don't know if he's already done with a year of training or if he's only been there for a couple of months or a couple of weeks and that kind of thing. But we do know that whatever he was doing now, he's making some money. Yeah, because yeah. the apartment is is nice. In another flashback scene, we're going to see that he said that no money money is not an object for her to redecorate the entire apartment however she wants it. Um, it so we also we know that her dad has got his hooks in him somehow already. Even some even just some small hooks right now. I'm I'm a I always got the impression it was more than a year. Um, it's been a while. They really have started to really settle in at this point into a new life and a new um a new lifestyle you know and because so much time has gone on he felt he wanted to buy her a puppy to keep her you know keep her company and um they're already starting to drift you know they've already started to drift after being you know happy and together for so long and then the proposal and then kind of you know, you need that time to to stretch out to start for things to start taking the downturn slowly and perceptibly. And then, you know, it really starts to become worse kind of after this moment. It does. It it, it, it this is kind of the the middle ground moment mm-hmm. before where before it makes the official turn here. Yeah. So we go back to the present and 
and Jack and Kate are talking about taking water back to everybody, and Locke offers to um, stay and help Charlie sift through the wreckage because mm-hmm. he wants to get to know him better. A lie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously. Yeah. So Jack starts talking to Kate about, so you have this many gallons of water for this many people, this this long every day. It's you know, and he starts to say it's going to be a real hassle to take all this water to the people every every day back and forth to the beach. It's going to be tough. Smart. So he says these 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 caves make excellent shelter. The the tree canopy kind of blocks out a lot of the sun to keep the heat keep the temperature down. Um, the caves make protection. Obviously, Adam and Eve that are in there thought this exact same thing. There's fresh water here. And he says, we need, we just need to move to the caves. We have to give up the option that they're, they're not looking for us. If they are, they're looking in the wrong place because we are thousands of miles off course. Yeah. And he says, it's going to be better for us to move here. And she starts, you know, and, and he kind of says, I need, you know, he's going to tell her, I need your help because people are going to, are going to need people to, to, to believe, but you can tell she doesn't like the idea. It's written all over her face. She does not like to be bound on this Island. I think a lot of it's because of her past. Mm -hmm. She wants people to get away and get out quickly before people know she's where she's, you know, what she's done and where she's been at. But you can tell she doesn't like this idea of moving to the cave. She wants to stay on the beach. Yeah. And she explains why later on, but, and it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, just going to give a lot of props to Evangeline Lilly in this scene, too, because you really do get a really good sense of, you know, what she's thinking right written all over her face, just like you said, um, which is some just really good acting. And, you, you know, you, you just feel very strongly that, you know, it, it does, it just, you know, there's, it doesn't feel right, even though it makes a lot of sense, this whole going to the caves choice, um, which, you know, it, it, it it's a big move um, because it does signify a deepening of your, uh, your survival techniques at this point. Um, you know, I, I think, I th- yeah, well, they explain it a little more later on. They do. Yeah, they do. So the sheen, so the sheen, the scene shifts back to the beach and Walt is looking at Jen and Michael shows up and starts talking all tough to Jen. Like, oh, you're looking hmm. at my son. Don't say nothing to my son. Oh, and Spare he just, me, he please, just goes on. Michael. So now we come back to this part <laughs> where Walt begins to question Michael about his racist comment from earlier. And not, not that Michael's comment was racist, but that the comment itself was about racism from mm-hmm. earlier. And Michael begins to backtrack on a statement. He says, no, nah, that's, that's not what I meant. You see, I was upset and, and that kind of thing. And honestly, this is Michael's had a problem with bad parenting to be, you know, the whole season so far. But we also understand he hasn't been around his kid either. Yeah, yeah. But but this is not a, you know, I appreciate, you know, he should just say, look, man, I'm sorry. I should I shouldn't have said that it was the wrong thing to do. But really, he's just trying to make excuses. Well, I didn't mean it like that. I didn't mean like this. And and um so Walt, Walt Walt was very perceptive. He he watched, and then Walt Walt looks at Michael and says, "Well, what did you do to Jen?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, like <laughs> just like straight up, like, "Hey, what's up, dude? Like, what did you do, and what is this all about?" Um, right. I mean, if you if you lied about the comment, then what did you really do to Jen? What are you lying about there? Yeah, exactly. 
so they have a disagreement about whose birthday is who, and they have a confrontation about what mom's, Walt's mom actually ever told each one of them about each other, mm-hmm. and it just kind of ends there. And yeah. you know, he Walt tries to get the upper hand, and he says, "You know, when well, when is my birthday?" And Michael responds, "His birthday." And Walt just kind of stands there, like, "Okay, what am I, what am I supposed to say now?" You know, he he knew <laughs> my birthday. Yeah, yeah, like Mike, but you know, Michael's. It's so funny. Such an odd mix of like not knowing what to do, but then being right on top of it when it comes to being a dad too. Like he really, he tries hard and he doesn't always come up, you know, come up roses, but he always tries. You know what I mean? He's like one of those right, dudes he does. who just tries all the time and maybe not always gets it right. So son, you see, she's about the son and she allows Jen to, he wants, she wants Jen to allow her to explain to them the problem. But he's one or two because number one, how can she? You know, he she she's speaking Korean, but you know they speak English. So how 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 can you really you know talk <laughs> to them? And then number two, because her place is by his side. Yeah, and that was so so uncomfortable at this time. It was you know like you know even with like the button. Remember that uh, you know yeah just like, you know. How, and uh, she and she unbuttoned it when he wasn't looking to yeah. just kind of add that small hint of rebellion. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, this tiny rebellion there, just like uh, just said so much about both characters. Um, and yeah, man, you, you, it was so easy to hate Jin at this point because he's just so like intense and aggressive and possessive. It, it's just very. Um, it's very strange uh, coming back to this. Right. And then seeing, seeing the flashback of how he was just as kind, you know, gave her a, gave her a flower, you know, yeah. earlier in the episode. And then just, he, he, he was, he's such a, he's such a so sympathetic and you can empathize with this guy to what he is now. It's like, what happened? And this is where we get the start of that. When we see the, the next flashback. Yeah. So Jen, Jen rushes home and he runs into the bathroom and she's wondering what's going on. He begins to clean himself because he's got blood all over him. Now we will find out whose blood that is. Um, in a couple seasons from now, That's but right. son confronts oh, him. And he says that. he was just working. Yeah. Yeah. So he pushes her away and she slaps him. And I'm simply having a notes here. Jen has been seduced by the dark side. Whatever he's doing for for her father, now he's coming home with blood. And that's one reason why she didn't want him working for her dad to begin with, because she, she knew what her dad did. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he's a businessman, but he's also, um, it's business at a level where there are no rules. So right. if the guy needs to rough people up, he will rough people up. And if the guy needs to kill people, he will kill people. And, you know, Jin is just totally corrupted at this point by, um, by her father and her father's business. And, you know, it, it's just, it's really sad to see this like innocent, you know, young, poor guy become just a corrupted, um, you know, powerful guy that you, you know, you, it's all the wrong reasons. It's very tragic. Um, and it's portrayal. Yeah, it is for sure. Yeah. Um, so the flashback ends and we go back to the present and apparently Jack's checking out Kate as they are trekking back to the beach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, Jack desperately wants to move the survivors back to the cave and he has to convince Kate. Um, 
And then it goes back to the caves where Locke confronts Charlie about breaking his line of sight. He said, man, I just got to go to the bathroom. And he says, nope, nope, not to know what's going on. We're not going to break the line of sight. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not losing anybody. <laughs> uh, he also addresses that he knows about drive shaft. He said, yeah, man, I got all, I have all their albums and he's really buttering up Charlie. He's really kind of trying to get in good with Charlie. I wonder if that's true that he really liked drive shaft. Um, I tend to believe it was, I don't know why, but, um, drive shaft always seemed like that. I mean, they were essentially like a standing for Oasis, right? And like Oasis was just like a huge, huge band at the time. And like every, they were ubiquitous. Everyone had like a bunch of Oasis albums. So I don't know. I always felt like Locke probably, probably actually did have, you know, all of Charlie's albums at one point. I, I, I can believe he did. I, I, cause it's lights lock. Yeah. Um, he then gives a very serious look to Charlie in a very sternness and says, Charlie, you will see your guitar again. <laughs> and th- this is an interesting line. When you get to later on in the, sh- in the show there, there, there's a theory that goes out, um, about something that happens to lock that a lot of people believe that it already happened back here. Interesting. I don't, I don't I actually a lot of people believe that that theory actually happened back in the first or second episode. I can't remember which one. Oh, so, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, can we like jump into spoilers right now? Can we just like uh, can we just can we just talk about this right here? Um, because uh, I don't know. Got to got to got to hold off. Got to hold off. OK. Oh, but I, well, tend to I don't agree. buy it. So to a point with that theory, that's just that's just my thought. From I do seen not, this. I've seen this show multiple times, multiple yep, times. I do not. And buy that's kind of what I come to. Um, um, I, anyway, I know. I know. I, mean, I know exactly you. what you're talking about. And I do not buy it. Um, I think this is Locke trying out. It's trying out a new tactic, I think. Um, you know, we know that he was. Um, a much different person before the island, and he is the recipient of a miracle at this point, uh, or so he believes. And I think that he is feeling very much like a changed man and trying to proselytize a little bit and uh, kind of get out there and be this new changed identity that he has. And um, the way he talks to Charlie and the way he's trying to help Charlie just furthers the mystery of Locke as well and um, who he is. And he, I think he's really enjoying being mysterious himself to everyone else. And it's, that's just my whole standpoint on Locke at this moment. Huh? Uh, one reason I buy one reason I do, I can buy into that other theory is simply because of the fact that he said the Jack uh, an episode ago, I stared into the eye of the island, and mm-hmm. what I saw was beautiful. Well, he did. We saw we saw that moment happen. Um, but I think did. he was. Uh, we saw we saw from from a perspective of whatever <laughs> it was that that he saw. We still don't know what he saw yet. Yeah, but we saw from that perspective of that that of whatever it was, and uh, that that kind of gives me some credence for that theory that we find at the end of the at the end of the show. Yeah, but later on, later on, you see other people stare into the eye of the island, so to speak, and they also see interesting things. Um, you know, in in season two, you'll you'll see that. So, 
I think see, this is this is what makes Lost great is that yeah. we can have these talks and not have a definitive answer. Exactly. But you can keep bringing up, and that's what Lost did, folks. That's what Lost was so good at was making people talk. It's a yeah, because there really aren't def- the, there's a beauty in not having definitive answers to this because you're able to see it from both both ways, and you're able right. to kind of take a look at, at a scene like this and say, well. You know, other scenes that are similar went this way, but maybe this all can be explained if it went another way. And um, it's very, very interesting the way they um, created, you know, the plot lines for this show to really twist and turn and at the same time connect in a lot of really interesting ways that you can talk like this and see this from multiple points of view. So um, absolutely. Yeah, I'm continually blown away by that. So Jack and Kate walk out of the woods and begin to talk to Saeed and about Jen, about what happened with Jen. Why is he chained up and about moving people off the beach? And Saeed gets offended when he isn't consulted about the cave trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wants to be, you know, the inner circle, right? Right, right. Cause right now the inner circle seems to just be Jack, Kate and Locke. Mm-hmm. That's about it. And uh, so Saeed feels offended, but back on the beach, Jack, we see Jack is talking to an unknown couple. I'm sorry, uh, Saeed wasn't on the beach yet. Um, he's in the woods swinging an axe, yeah. trying to cut up some firewood. Uh, so Jack is seen talking to an unknown couple when Saeed talks to Michael about staying on the beach. And Michael's response is, I'm going to stay here because I get some best chance I've got to get me and my boy rescued. Somebody's got to see that fire. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's Michael for you. And it makes makes you wonder if this plane is crash landed now. And and you would think so. I I would kind of be in the mindset of Jack here. You would think that after over a week, almost two weeks now, you've been on this island. Your plane fell onto an island. Somebody was flying over. Would have seen that fire by now. But that's you know, um, that's my thought. Um, yeah. But anyway, the so Pacific is Michael big, says man. I'm they, staying here. They still didn't find that plane that uh that went out in 2014. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, they're yeah. still they're still trying to find that thing. Maybe it's on the island too, dude. It was the first thing I thought of. That, that <laughs> made me too. Uh, so Jack begins to talk to Hurley, and uh, his first question is, "Are you and Je- are, are you and Kate going to move into the cave together, Jack?" <laughs> Always and, good stuff from Hurley. Oh, oh, Hurley, Hurley, and then Sawyer and Kate begin to share a flirtatious moment. Mm-hmm. You start to see something a little budding there. It begins. <laughs> uh, so then we've seen the shifts to Michael and we see Michael walking into the jungle and son follows him. And she begins to stare at him as, as he is swinging an ax and doing an awful job at swinging at bamboo at the same <laughs> time. I must say he's doing an awful job swinging that ax. Yeah, it's not not making it not making a lot of progress. Oh, no, no, oh, no. And then we get a flashback, and back at the apartment, Son apparently is getting the apartment decorated, and Jen's on the phone. And he screams to get to get the dog off of him to move move the dog. Yeah, we're, we've gone full dark side at this point. Oh yeah, oh dog, yeah, we've, the dog we, 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 we've gone full blown Anakin on yeah. uh, uh, Mustafar here, and it's been uh, you know maybe a year or two more now too yeah. because the dog is now grown as well. It's a big dog, too. We see it as a puppy, and we we don't, you know, it's fully grown at this point. Yeah. So we go into the bedroom, 
And apparently we found out that the decorator is really somebody helping Sun leave Jin. They got the passport, the time where she's supposed to run away and leave. She's supposed to play, you know, play missing for a couple weeks. And here's a bunch of money. And she's she's going to leave Jin. She's getting out of there. Yeah, I mean, this is no surprise thinking about how they've been throughout this entire series. You know, the thing with the button and just how possessive and angry he's been this entire time. You, you know, th- this is all very power of the course. Like, yeah, of course she's trying to leave him. It makes sense. And 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 she, it, you know, you, you, you really can't blame her for what she's wanting to do. No, not at all. Not at all. He's very... He's coming off very, um, very abusive, to, to be perfectly honest, you know, uh, very controlling, um, aggressive, very, violent, very at least at least mentally abusive um, to her and ver- verbally abusive to her. Yeah, definitely. So then we go back to the present and son comes out of the woods and Michael's just like, man, what? What now? And she addresses Michael in English. And mm-hmm. Michael's jaw hits the floor. And so doesn't everyone else's. You're like, whoa. Everyone else's in this whole show that was watching it. Like, whoa. Because I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're how many episodes in? Six episodes in. And, you know, this couple has not shown any signs of being able to speak English. And she just comes out of nowhere and just is able to. to perfect, perfect English, too. You know, what's funny, too, is that um, the actress that plays Sun is a was a, a korean actress um b- before lost and you know natively spoke korean but daniel day kim is not and had to play a non-native speaker which is very interesting wow. yeah I, I always thought that was interesting how the roles were reversed in that in that case that was interesting but i think i think it means more though coming from sun because we we don't we don't know where she learned english we'll find yeah, out where she yep. learned it later on 100 um but it, it, but yeah, he's just he he's awestruck. So she she begins to talk to him about the reason Michael you were attacked was not because of race, but because of the watch. And he's just dumbfounded, like over a stupid watch. I found the watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you know, it, it, he just found a watch. You know, he thought it was thought it was nice, <laughs> and it was it's a, it's a nice watch. Uh, for sure, he does. Michael has good taste. Uh, so we, we see this interaction and then we shift over to back to Charlie and Locke. So Charlie is walking out, uh, he's walking alone by, by himself in the jungle and you, he, you can, you can see he, he, he's, he's wanting to get, to get a fix and Locke confronts him about the drugs and Locke, Locke says, listen, one, one time or another, he said, you're, you're going to detox and it's going to be painful. Eventually you're going to have to. <laughs> and uh, he so he says, Charlie, how bad do you want your guitar? Yeah. And Charlie says, really bad. I'd give anything for it. And Locke says, this island might give you what you are looking for, but you have to give the island something. Huh. Interesting. So Charlie hands over the drugs and to Locke, and he tells Charlie, look up, and Charlie sees his guitar. See, no, and that's why I feel like it's a setup, because he has... Um, he stopped him there. He confronted him right in that moment. And Locke is just setting him up, um, to have this revelatory, um, experience right there at that, at that moment. Um, so great job, Locke manipulating, uh, Charlie, I think. 
And was it was it Locke or was it or was it part of my theory? Anyways, I, I don't know. Do you think? Do you think that? But you're, you're essentially saying, did Locke make the guitar appear, or did the Locke ask the island to make it appear? But I don't think Locke really knew the rules of the island as well as he thought he did at this moment. Um, unless, unless he was part part of the theory. But, yeah, you know, um, unless he did. Right. Unless he did. Know right. All the secrets of the island at this point. Who knew? <laughs> so yeah. uh, so we go back to the beach and Jack tells Kate about going back to the cave. And Kate says, I want to stay on the beach. So yeah. then he asked her, what did you do? And she said that you had your chance to know. And he just goes in and walks away. Oh, come on. Yeah. I, I you know, this is the type of stuff that annoys me a lot. Like when people ask each other questions and no one just no one answers questions you know it's like um lost does this a lot you know people either don't ask the question that they need to ask or they ask the question and people just turn away and don't answer um just for the sake of drama like come on come on kate just talk to him you know i mean this is this is like schoolyard you know drama right here yeah 100 percent. you know uh, it, it, it's too funny to, to see this happen over and over and over again. And, uh, it, it becomes a trope for sure. It does. So Michael walks up to Jen <laughs> and talks to Jen with an ax as Jen is scared out of his <laughs> mind that Michael's got an ax. He has no idea what Michael's saying. This is great. This is great too. Cause like, now, you see his now, eyes. He's like, Oh damn, I'm screwed. He got an ax. I, I, I'm gone. I'm done for. I'm, 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 I'm shot here. Yeah. And and it's funny because Michael is talking to him in English and Jen has no idea. But maybe Michael thinks Jen speaks English mm-hmm. since Sun does. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, that hasn't been made clear yet. Right. Yeah. So so Michael takes takes the takes the axe, raises it up, and he cuts off the handcuffs, and he threatens Jen to stay away from him and his son. Um, you know, I, I gotta I gotta say. It's a pretty bold move, and it's also a little, little gregarious of Michael to do that. And, you know, the, the warning is valid, I think, at this point, because the guy did beat him up um, just a few hours ago. Right. Yeah. And uh, just, I mean, he was baking in the sun, though, for a while, so he was probably just happy to have that handcuff off. Totally. Which that handcuff will stay on for a while. Yeah. So just, just give a just give a nod. It's actually going to stay on the rest of the season. So keep that in mind, guys. <laughs> yeah. Michael, um, you know, Michael squashed the tried to squash the beef though. You know, so I think that's right. That's pretty good. Right. And what's going to be great is to see. Anyways, I don't want to give it away. Never mind. Okay. I'm not going to give it away. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so then we get a flashback, and Jen is at is in line at the airport. This is we kind of we see Jack yelling. We mentioned this a couple episodes ago. We see Jack talking with the with the um, with the flight attendant, with the lady behind the desk, and um, this is the first time that two different characters have been shown. And we see Jen is in line, and Sun is out there looking at the door, looking at the clock. She's got a certain time. She's got she's got to get out of there. The car is waiting, and she starts weeping because she she wants to go, but she wants to stay because she still loves him. Mm-hmm. but she wants to go and it's just this inner turmoil and she doesn't know what to make and just i think as she's about to make the decision he holds it he looks at her and smiles from the line and holds up the same kind of white flower that he gave her originally back in the beginning flashbacks oh, just and she me. walks over to him and decides to stay oh it, it, you're feeling everything that's unfilled felt at that point and you're like 
he's still in there, you know, like, you know, he's not a bad man. He's just doing, he's done bad things. And, there and it is, makes you s- sympathize with him again. Yeah. It makes you feel bad for him again. And the look he gives her is just so full of love. And he like, he totally channels the youthful gin once more. And it just all comes through again. You're like, all right, this guy actually does love her quite a bit and they have problems, but maybe they could actually work them out. And there's, there's hope there. And it's just such a beautiful climax to this episode that, um, that gets pretty dark, you know, you get, it gets pretty dark and pretty hopeless, um, with, uh, Sun and Jin and with, um, you know, Charlie getting into, you know, his heroin withdrawal and then this whole nihilism of going to the caves and there, there, there's a bit of hopelessness and then lost just does this great job of showing you the light in the darkness and, just just that little bit of hope that can keep you going on and that that's what this is all about absolutely absolutely so the scene shifts back to the present where we're going to end the episode and sun looks at jen on the beach with just this this loving stare to a point it it, it you, you see you see there's love in her eyes that she was able to do something and he kind of looks at her a little bit back yeah um yeah. and knows that she did something mm-hmm. so we go back to the cave and Charlie is playing his guitar as Jack shows up with, mm-hmm. he said with new tenants for the cave. <laughs> yeah. Um, and everyone kind of comes in and it's like, you know, welcome to, welcome to hotel cave at this point. And then the one things that, one of the things that date this show, uh, is that Hurley begins to listen to some music on a CD player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is, they never made a qualm about it that this was, you know, September 2004. So not really, uh, it's definitely I, in a very specific place and time. Right. Yeah. Not, not, not really iPad time yet. I mean, iPod time. No, yet. the iPod was just coming out around this time. Um, right. I think this was the season it came out. So yeah, he's, he's still rocking a CD player. Absolutely. Yeah. So he's playing some music, and while the music's going on, you look at the back of the beach, and there are very few survivors as they try to keep the fire going. They're all sitting around the fire. Um, Walt sitting next to Michael, and Walt extends the olive branch. He's, he says, so when is your birthday? <laughs> yeah. Um, just a nice little, again, a very typical wrap-up of Lost um, scene. That you, you see, especially in season one and two of just like everyone kind of coming together, uh, you know, all of branches, a lot of uh, a, a musical interlude. <laughs> it, it's, yep. it's I can't tell you how many episodes are lost in this way, um, but quite a few. And it's almost like it's almost like you could zone out the next like the, the last like two minutes of the episode because, you know, like the musical interlude starting and everyone it's just going to be slow pans overall. All, all the characters like just hanging out by the fire. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Campfire time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me see. Where else we at? So Saeed and Sawyer stare off contemplatively <laughs> yeah. um, back at the cave. Son looks at a dress and Charlie is playing the guitar. And then it shifts one more time back to the beach and we see Kate looking off contemplatively. And then we have lost credits. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. like, cause, cause next, next episode is all about Kate, right? Uh, 
the no i think the next episode is the moth which is just a charlie eccentric oh, episode i believe Oh right yeah the moth oh what a good episode it's a great episode oh, great episode i'm looking my, forward to that one that'd what, be interesting one of my favorite quotes from all time is from the moth and it's um struggle is nature's way of strengthening itself and uh, that is a line that has stuck with me ever since i heard it and i i, I love that line um and I, I you know i can quote it right now for just because that that episode is just it's self-contained in how awesome it is and yeah i'm really excited uh for for next episode quite a bit um not to say that this one isn't a bad one this is a this is a strong strong episode of this series this is this this episode is one that kind of digs into your emotions pretty heavy 100 percent uh really does um you know and and it's so intense that you do kind of need a little bit of that musical interlude to kind of kind of bring you down a little bit to uh you know calm you down and see that things are going to be all right um absolutely yeah yeah so did we get to the part where kate explains why she didn't want to go to the caves i i think i think i think i may have skipped over that but yeah she didn't I, really- I, I, don't, I don't think she really ever gave a direct answer as to why she doesn't want to go to the caves she i think it's more or less she just doesn't want to dig in she she wants yeah. to get off the island exactly like she kind of feels like um if they go to the caves that they have essentially given up um and that's that's it they're, they're they're staying there for good and there's no there's no hope of ever being rescued so um yeah well it makes it makes a lot of sense that you wouldn't you'd be reluctant to i mean i think this is only five days in that you wouldn't want to um give up so quickly but you know something i've always wondered like there's enough people to do shifts on the beach i mean they could keep keep a signal fire going and just have shifts going down to the beach but i don't think they right they haven't got that organized yet um they're not there yet they're not there yet. they will be they you know by 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 a couple of seasons from now they're making like you know they're literally making like bamboo radios and stuff so <laughs> those, great all this stuff all the <laughs> trying, stuff gets figured trying, out trying to kind of skipper to get off the island yeah exactly exactly it really does uh go places so um cool all right yeah so good episode for sure definitely definitely so we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap up here really quick because we're we're a little over an hour here so oh, yeah. um Let's go into a Sawyer's name dictionary. Sawyer <laughs> has called three people or two people. Uh, one of them got called a name twice. He calls Kate Bell the ball. Mm-hmm. He also calls her Freckles, mm-hmm. which is one that you'll hear again multiple oh, times yeah. throughout this show. That's her. That's and her then, uh, go-to. Huh? That's her go-to nickname right there, Freckles. Right. Absolutely. And he called Saeed Omar. Yeah, just no. At one point. <laughs> literally, just, just like just like rude, like not even getting your name right. Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna call it to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had some pop culture connections. So every now and then throughout Lost, the episodes, there's some references in the episode that reference something in pop culture, hundred uh, percent, and whatnot. So Adam and Eve. Locke refers to the skeletons found in the cave as Adam and Eve. These were the first man and woman created by God according to the Bible and the Quran. Um, the House of the Rising Sun. The title of the episode is also a popular American folk song. The house in the song refers to either a brothel or a prison, and the lyrics are either from a female or a male vantage point, depending on the version of the song. Now, that's interesting. I've only heard the one by Eric Byrne and the Animals, which is definitely about the brothel. <laughs> okay. Um, I never heard the one about the prison. That's really interesting. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, so the female version of the song tells the story of a man, of a woman, I mean, of a woman who has been led astray by a rough sort of man. She ends up working at a brothel. 
the male version tells the story of a man who suffers from vices of gambling and drinking and ends up in prison. In both versions, the narrator of the song is ultimately tied to the House of the Rising Sun, unable to leave it. Similarly, Sun was tied to her relationship with Jen and cannot leave him. Mm. Yeah. Uh, oh, are you sure? You, huh? Oh, yeah, the, the, the lyrics, are, that's a great song, by the way, too. Yeah. Oh, mother, tell your children not to do what I have done. Yeah, because you'll end up in the House of the Rising Sun. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the other uh, the other song is Are You Sure? At the end of the episode, Hurley is listening to Willie, Nelson's song on a CD mm-hmm. player. The chorus of the song repeats the question, are you sure this is where you want to be? Reflecting their survivor's choice of the beach as the, or the caves, as well as Sun's feeling toward the status of she and Jen's relationship. I gotta be honest, I, uh, I never liked this song in this episode. I felt it was a little too on the nose. It's like, it just felt a little too emo, and it's like, um, and it's execution for this. Like, it is, it's, the, the, the question is so pointed towards the situation, and I don't know. It, it just felt very, very, like, in your face uh, about the question of where everyone was, but um, it worked. It worked. I liked how it ended, too. It, it's kind of funny um, because the, the CD player just dies, <laughs> right? Is that the same? Yeah. yeah. No. 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 Not. Not. Not yet. Don't spoil. Dang oh, it. No. Edit. Edit. Edit, <laughs> edit that one. <laughs> no. Uh, no. That's not this episode, though. Edit. <laughs> My bad. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. Uh, in every in every episode, uh, Bill tries to find a uh, lost Star Wars connection. Mm-hmm. So the 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 one that we found was when Kate asked Sawyer in honor of him. When Kate asked Sawyer if he is going to the caves during a conversation, Sawyer delivers a line. Well, that's the real trick, isn't it? You know something. On Solo, never... a commonly cited source of illustration for the Sawyer character, delivers the exact line in A New Hope during the cantina scene. Yeah, well, that's the trick, isn't it? I never put that together. That's so yep. perfect that uh, that they had him quote that. Um, there's such strong Star Wars ties to um, to the series. It, you can find them everywhere, and th- you know it is rife, rife with very insidious Star Wars references. That just like this, one little line like that that you wouldn't even think of. They were just giving nods to Star Wars everywhere. I, I probably have a couple that you may not have heard of um, that we'll we'll get to later on. Wait till we get to season three. Well, that's really where it starts getting turned on uh, with the Star Wars references, for sure. For sure. Well, we already mentioned it earlier, but the next episode is The Moth. Mm -hmm. Good one. So so it's going to be a a, it's going to be a very um, redeeming episode for some people and a very good episode. Um, But anyways, but in closing. We, uh, I just want to say thank you, Joe, for, before we get into our closing Twitter stuff, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate you coming on and, uh, joining this episode tonight. Oh, it's a great, it, it was a great time and I really appreciate, uh, you know, having me on and I uh, can't wait to be back for as many more as I possibly can. Awesome. Awesome. And with that, we want you to follow us on Twitter. Good. You can follow the main network at RetroZapped. You can follow this Twitter account for this show at Lost Rewatch Pod on Twitter. You can also follow them on Instagram, which is at Previously on Lost Podcast. You can follow them on Facebook, facebook.com slash previously on lost. You can find me at the DC fanboy. That's at the DC underscore fanboy. You can find Bill at lost star Wars on Twitter as well. Joe, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at Joey Wong Kenobi, of course. And uh, you can find, uh, find me on discord. Of course. 
That's right. Well, you can find all of us at Discord, and you want information about that, you go to RetroZap.com and find the Discord link right there, and there's more details about how you can join us. There's always a lot of fun and a lot of great communication that goes on in all the channels on Discord, so check it out. While you're on RetroZap.com, there's lots of articles you can look at. There's different posts. Check out some of the other podcasts that are on there as well. You can look at the T Public Store for a shirt in your fandom or just anything else that you want in your general fandom. I'm pretty sure we have it at RetroZap.com. .com, so make sure you go to the website and give it a check out. You get a previous Is there on Lost anything t-shirt. else we need to mention? I think we need to get a previous on Lost t-shirt getting going. Uh, that, that, that would be a good thing to, to have up there. So coming soon. I'll, I'll, I'll announce it now. Coming soon. Previous on Lost t-shirt. All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, again, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for everybody who listened. And we'll be back here in just a couple weeks. So make sure you watch The Moth and make sure you uh, send us a message on Discord. Uh, find us on email. Send us a note on Twitter, something like that, with your thoughts about The Moth. And uh, we look forward to reading those on the air and answering some of your questions that you have if you've never watched it before. If you if you are not watching it, if you've never watched it before and this is your first time, we would love to hear your thoughts as we go through it. So make sure you tell us your thoughts. But until next time, we'll see you back on the island. We have to go back.